some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. Okay, today we're going to pick up the pace. We are going to trade our sorrows off. Gospel aerobics. Yeah. Somebody should start that. Oh, uh, it should probably be me. It already is. It's CrossFit. 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 Very good. That was good, Josh. That was very good. Don't you think that was good? He did a good job. Good job. Cross. Cross. Get it? 
Yeah. I got it. <sighs> yes, Lord. Good morning, saints of God, wherever you're tuning in from. We just thank you. Whether you're here from Facebook or YouTube, whichever page on YouTube, just we're glad you're here. So welcome this morning. We are in Revelation chapter 12. Please keep in prayer the McCluskey family. Today, Miss Jeanette, we will be having memorial services. Well, really a celebration of life for her son today at 2 o'clock. Uh, but you can tell that the Lord has truly brought her comfort and the Holy Spirit's all over her. She, uh, She's a blessing. She's a blessing. Always witnessing to people, too. But but keep them in prayer as uh, they go through this funeral today. And we'll be there to sing some songs. Brother Bernie will be bringing the message, so we lift him up in prayer, our dear brother, uh, uh, that uh, he'll say exactly what God would have him to say. We are in Revelation chapter 11. Now, yesterday I was just too, so busy. We had a meeting. We had a wonderful meeting in... Uh, Nashville met with uh, some pretty major leaders in, in our Christian movement yesterday in Nashville and had a good time. We had a good lunch and uh, I don't know why I was bringing that up. I can't remember. Good morning, all, all of you guys. Good morning. Well, their message was amazing and yeah. that we need relationship people. Yeah, that we've got to make relationships with people. You really want and the gospel to spread. We need relationships. And just, tired of being preached at. They're That's just in, encouraging people to build relationships with people in the community and that we must start upholding the truth. And, we're, and I heard terrible statistics yesterday of how that, you know, was it 25% of pastors have a biblical worldview now? 25? 25, like uh, 12%, 13% of youth, people that work with youth, have a Bible worldview. Everything they said was what's been on our heart, what we have been trying to promote, why Daybreak exists. One of the reasons we go through Daybreak, we go through verse by verse by verse because it's really easy to get off of a biblical worldview and just kind of believe whatever you want to believe. And... And uh, one of the points to going through books of the Bible, and one of the reasons we do this, is for those who like to do it, but so that you can get more of God's words in you and read things you've never read before and understand, hopefully understand, or have a little clearer understanding on different passages of the Bible. Just like here in the book of Revelation, we're going through the book of Revelation. We're uh, in chapter 12 now. And... Uh, you know, this is a highly debated book, but one of the things I want to remind you of, that it is a vision. This is a vision that the Lord had given John. And so when we read these things, remember that we're reading in the context of the vision. Just uh, let me explain that a little more. I, I received a, a question yesterday or a text that said, you said that the woman is Israel. Yes, I believe the woman is Israel. 
but are not we all Israel? Are not we grafted in? Yes, we are grafted into Israel, but that's not the point of this text where we're at. The point of this text is a nation. It's a nation that is pregnant with the Messiah. And what the vision is doing is communicating unto us the nation that's going to be at the the brunt, uh, ground zero of the great tribulation and the wrath of the beast. And the beast is the sock puppet of the dragon. And so we have an identification here of the woman. It's talking about a nation. And so this isn't, I want you to understand, this isn't trying to deal with uh, what Paul is dealing with in Galatians or Paul is dealing with in Romans. This isn't talk, having anything to do with the grafting in. That's a whole other set of scriptures. What this is about is the great tribulation, the man-child that was brought forth from a nation. And what we're trying to uh, bring out is that this vision is showing us a story that's been happening Ever since the promise of the seed is going to come from this nation, the dragon has been trying to kill this child, this man-child that was going to be and is the Messiah. Now, to get real pinpointed, the Messiah came through Judah. But in this text, the 12, the 12 stars in this text, in the woman is representing Israel. Now, are there differences of opinions on that? Sure, there are. But uh, my studies don't show that it's, it's not talking about Mary. It's not talking about Mary. It's talking about Israel. It's a vision of Israel. Now, uh, and as I said, um, that's the woman. Let's, let's read here. Look, look at verse 13. Uh, well, let's not forget verse 11. Now, this is fear not Friday, okay? <laughs> so, we have the blood of the lamb covering us. And by the blood of the lamb, okay, if we are Christ, then we are Abraham's seed. That is true. That's going to play in in the rest of this chapter, okay? And all believers will play into the rest of this chapter. You'll see it in the text. So let's start with verse 11, even though I said we're going to start with verse 13 when I typed it in. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb by the word of their testimony and they love not their lives to the death this is true it's a, honest to goodness overcomers overcome by the blood of the lamb the word of their testimony and they love not their lives to death and that's still true even now you know even even if you're saved you're born again and you're not being persecuted you're still called to not love your life unto the death your life is not supposed to be all about you. It's supposed to be about getting the gospel out, finding God's lost sheep, discipling people, nations, tongues, everybody. That's our job. And we can't do that unless we love not our lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you and and you who dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time we talked a little bit yesterday about the war in heaven now if you want to read if you want to jot this down um daniel chapter 10 
you can get a picture of, in Daniel chapter 10, you can get a picture of this warfare that takes place in the heavenlies. In that text, Daniel starts fasting and praying, and he fasts and prays for 21 days. Now, when the angel shows up, you read the story, but I'm going to give you just a snippet. When the angel shows up to deliver him the message, the message says, from the first day that you humbled yourself, I was sent to you. But the prince of Persia warred against me. And so as the messenger angel was coming to deliver the answer to Daniel, now this is something that needs a lot of study. You need to understand that there is spiritual warfare when you're praying. When you're fasting and praying, there's warfare that takes place. Now, Daniel chapter 10, read the story. Now, he gets there, he says, and, and Michael came and helped me. Now, Michael is the archangel of Israel. He's the ruler, uh, the, the, the archangel that fights for Israel. He says, and I wouldn't have got to you now, except I couldn't have got here, except Michael, your prince, he tells Daniel, your prince came and helped me. So I was dispatched with the message when you began to pray, but I had to war with the prince of Persia. Then Michael came and helped me. Now, this is an unseen realm of spiritual battle that's taking place for him to get an answer to his prayer. And then he says, once Michael come and help me, now I've come to bring you the message. And when I go back, we must war again. And then we have to war with Greece. So there are, there are principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And the Apostle Paul tells us that these are things we war against. Okay? So there's war in heaven. So the heavens are rejoicing when all of the evil now has been, they, I mean, they're banished. It's like there's a cleansing happening in the levels of the heavens. Remember, there's a third heaven, okay? The third heaven is where God is. Second heaven is what I would call the realm of uh, where the, you know, where the uh, angels uh, are. Anyway, I lost my train of thought. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. The, the study that we are studying is the end times. We're studying the final 1260 days, three and a half years, 42 months, the rise of the beast. This is what we're studying. And, and we read chapter 11 is about what's happening in Jerusalem. Was that There's two witnesses that God empowers in Jerusalem and how that they are given power for 1260 days. Then they're killed. But they're not even buried. They just lay dead for three days in the street. And everybody is making merry, remember? Now the angel is explaining more. And in this vision, we're getting a picture of the brunt of this attack. Look at verse 13. Now when the dragon saw he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. I didn't give birth to the male child. You didn't give birth to the male child. The church in 2022 didn't give birth to the male child. Understand, this is talking about the nation of Israel. Israel will become a nation again in the end days. Uh-oh, it's happened. 
<laughs> but what hasn't happened yet is the great revival that's going to take place in Israel. And part of this uh, will all happen during these last days. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place. The eagle, like I've said, that, that brings you back to the Exodus. Remember what the Lord says? I bore you upon eagles' wings and brought you to myself. When he brought them out of Egypt, you'll find out, I think, in Exodus 19, somewhere in there. Uh, Lisa will find it and jot it in, I'm sure. Now, some here will say, oh, this means America is going to protect Israel. Well, I mean, I hope. <laughs> Maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. But if I interpret the scripture with the scripture, I think it's just talking about God's supernatural overshadowing and protection like he does with the nation, and, and what this means, this doesn't mean all Israel, by the way. This means a remnant of Israel. Right. And what we're hearing is, is that God is going to secure a remnant of Israel, okay? There's going to be a great revival that takes place in the end days, by the way. That she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time. There is a remnant that God supernaturally protects during this period of time. From the presence of the serpent. The serpent's talking about the devil, the dragon. Same thing. Verse 15. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. To me, what this means in my, to me is the, the unleashing, unleashing of total absolute persecution in every way, every form, in every measure. False prophecies, false prophets, confusion, war, everything that can happen. He hates the woman. He's The dragon has always hated the woman that's going to bring forth the Messiah. Okay? And in the end time, that hatred is still there. Verse 16. But the earth helped the woman... And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon spewed out of his mouth. Supernatural protection from God of the remnant, a remnant. And if you really study this out, and we don't have time to go through all this. There's so much studies of the end time that if you're interested in this, you could get into. But actually, by my studies, there's only like a third that comes through this. That's a very small amount, by the way. Verse 17, and the dragon was enraged with the woman. Now listen to here. All, all the people are talking about believing and grafting in. Here we are, okay? And the dragon was enraged with the woman in Israel, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. Now who is that? Who is the rest? So there's a woman that's being protected. In other words, God will not allow her utter destruction. He will not allow it. And I'm saying to you, that woman is Israel. But now here's another people group. This is a people group of the offspring of the woman. The seed of the woman, you can say. Who are they? And he tells us. 
who keep the commandments of God. So there's the who. Who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is the remnant. This is, I mean, this is the seed of the woman. This is the offspring of the woman in the text. Remember, this is end time, great tribulation text. The woman is Israel. There is a, God is going to supernaturally not allow her to be totally destroyed. This is going to make the devil so mad. And he hates the woman so bad that he, he wants to destroy the woman, but he can't. He cannot finish her off. And so his rage is turned towards the offspring of the woman, the seed of the woman. Who are they? They are those who keep the testimony, who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Gentile believers, believers all over. He unleashes hatred and he goes after the offspring. Uh, now, whoever you put in this category is going to have to do with the theology, the eschatological theology you hold. But it is very clear that these are believers in Jesus. It is very clear that believers, oh, listen to this. It's very clear that believers in Jesus keep the commandments of God. Mm -hmm. right, get an amen there who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Well, who's those? Because all I know is a bunch of people who claim to have the testimony of Jesus and they don't want to keep any of God's commandments. Well, you got to square up with God with that. Amen? That's between you and the Lord. But that's who this offspring is. The offspring are the believers everywhere. They have the testimony of Jesus. Some of these have come to faith during the Great Tribulation. There's going to be a lot of people that turn to the Lord during this time. The story is telling us this. Amen? It's telling us this. So that brings us to chapter 13. Chapter 13 is more explanation of the last three and a half years of the beast and of the dragon, the correlation, the false prophet, we will get into that next Tuesday. I hope you can come and be back with us Tuesday. We will start with chapter 13. I do love your comments. I love to uh, look at your questions. Eli asked, does Satan know the scriptures? I, I went ahead and put that up. If so, how does he know or study or just knows? Satan knows the prophecies. He, it's kind of like today. People today can know the Bible and not know the Bible. Uh, so there's an extent, yes, that the dragon knows prophecies, knows scriptures, knows projections. I'll give you examples of this. When our Lord went into the, the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Uh, one of the things that the devil was using to tempt Christ was the scriptures. You know, like he used Psalm 91. Hey, if you're, if you're really the son of God, you know, throw yourself down off of here because it's written the angels will take care of you. And it, that is written. And what Jesus would do then is, is say, it is also written. 
it is also written. Eli, this is such a good question. This is why we must study the Word of God and love the Word of God. Because if all you do is say it is written, you can go way off course. What you have to do is it is written and it is also written. And so what we do as followers of the Lord is understand a balance of scriptures. And so there's a lot of things he knows that the scripture says, but he doesn't understand how they're going to take place. What happens with us is we know the author, the Holy Spirit, and he helps us to understand the things that are mysteries to someone who doesn't love the Lord when they read. I hope that makes sense. So he knows the scriptures, but he doesn't know the scriptures and fully understand them. And so that's that's my answer. All right, thank you for the question there. Thank you guys for being here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together, and we'll jump off here. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 Oh, yes. Some of us, a few of us, any of you that can, come meet us at Don Fox Park. I'll be there at 10 o'clock tomorrow. 10 o'clock, me and my family and whoever can. There's a lot of stuff going on this weekend. There's weddings. I don't even know who can come be with us. But Saturday at the Don Fox Park in Lebanon, uh, we will start singing probably at 11 o'clock. From 11 to 12, we'll have service. But we'll we be have, there around 10. We'll be there around 10 if you want to come out. and hang out and talk and study and stuff Scott like that. Says, uh, you don't have to study the darkness to know the light, but you have to study the light to know the darkness. Ooh, good word, brother. Good word, good word. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Love you guys. See you Tuesday. Bye.